Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Single Auntie. I'm your host, Haley, and today I'm with my mom. Hi. (laughs) She is very out of her comfort zone doing this with me, but I made her. Um, So just to get started, mom, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay, um, well, actually, on Thursday, when this will air, Mm -hmm. I guess I will have a birthday, and I will be 49 years old, and um, as that, as much as that pains me, I can honestly say that probably for the first time in my 40s, I'm the most comfortable with me. That I've ever been. That's good. So, yeah. So, I'm a mom to two beautiful girls. Of course, Haley and then Ashley. And I'm a Roro to Oakley and Bo. And I'm soon to have another grandchild that will be born later this month. And I'm so excited. I'm actually going to go down to Kansas in a few weeks and see my new niece and my new nephew. So I'm really excited. Um, But today, me and my mom are going to be talking about addiction. Um, Rather, it's fighting addiction or being a parent um, holding your child's hand that's going through addiction. So um, I guess to start, because I haven't really said too much about it on my podcast, I was addicted to Xanax for about two and a half, three years. Um, I started smoking weed and I don't know, sophomore in high school. Um, and I smoked weed all throughout high school And then when I had graduated is when I kind of started dabbling into the pills and the drinking and all those sorts of things. And I honestly just fell in love with Xanax. Um, So I guess maybe mom, to just kind of go through the timeline of things, was there a time that you ever realized that maybe I wasn't just smoking pot? Because I, I mean, I wasn't out and about about smoking weed. Like, I didn't smoke weed in front of you. But you knew I was smoking weed, though. But was there ever a time? Well, I guess one, like, how did you even feel about me smoking weed? Like, how did you handle that? Uh, probably not very well. Um, I hated it. Um, was never okay with it or comfortable with it or made excuses for it. Um, I knew you were because I could smell it. And you, at times, tried to make me to be a complete <laughs> moron and was like, I was an idiot for thinking I smelled something. Um, but we had a very open relationship. Um, And I'm sure we'll get into this more. I'm not quite sure where this is going to take us. But you you were always very careful around me. 
and you timed things so when you came home you weren't still high. You always had Visine because you never wanted the after marks to be on you to show me. And while we could talk about a lot of things and were open about things, that was something you were never comfortable allowing me to know or letting me in on that because you knew it would be hurtful and I would be extremely disappointed and more was always expected of you. And so I was just never that mom to be like, okay, well, it's just, it's just pot. It's just weed. It's, it could be worse. That was worse because then it always opened the door for something else. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, I was never okay with it. Yeah, I will say my mom is like the only, I'm not going to say like the only person, but really the number one person in my life from a baby to even now. So like w- now that I've moved here and like I've gotten saved and stuff, like we can look back on a lot of things and laugh and like maybe chuckle at like me coming home super high a couple times and just like stupid things I would do. Like it's funny now because I've I'm just not even close to being that person anymore. But at the time it wasn't funny. Like it was very oh, heartbreaking. I, there was nothing. There was never a time that I well there is <laughs> one very distinct time <laughs> that I can say I laughed at when it happened and Chad laughed with me and we both we cackled. We laughed so hard. Um but no Uh, There was never much laughter. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of pain. And um, I knew that you did things to mask the root of it. Yeah. And um, because I couldn't help you with, and you wouldn't allow me to help you with the root. This was the cover up. And so... I I couldn't help with either. I mean, I tried, but you had to walk your path. Yeah. And you had to make your decisions. Yeah. I I agree. I think there's even now like just seeing kids and youth or like even like cousins on your side or on dad's side, like I'm I was very secretive. I'm not going to say that what I ever did wasn't secretive. It always was done in secret. But to whereas there's a lot of kids nowadays that just tell their parents everything. I just. I personally, as your daughter, I can say I've I never wanted you to see me and the act of doing those things. Like, I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette in front of you. If I would not have been so high out of my mind, I probably would have been like, oh my God, like my mom is watching me smoke a cigarette right now. Which like a couple days later, you denied doing it. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I wasn't high. (laughs) 
you were, but you, there was a shame that you carried with it. Well, I don't even know if yeah, that's it, a correct it is, word, yeah, but is. you, I guess at the time I didn't feel this way, but I've heard you say this. There was a part of honoring me and out of respect mm-hmm. because you knew better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you were never comfortable right being that person in front of me and so while you really weren't hiding to your best ability and in your mind and state of mind you thought you were really hiding it from me yeah um what are some like key points that like Obviously, like, moving past the smoking weed part, like, getting more into the pills and those sorts of things. Because, honestly, a big part of that, I remember, like, moments, but I don't remember, honestly, just, like, everyday life. Like, once I quit being a teacher assistant and I went to California and then I came back, like... Day-to-day life, I don't really recall a lot of things unless they were like super big moments, but I don't. So like what I guess what I'm trying to ask is what was it like for you and how did you get through seeing me just wasting away basically? Um. So, oh my gosh. So, if you know me, you know I've already got tears in my eyes because <laughs> I'm a crier. Um, it was heart-wrenching. So, when you were a senior in high school is when Chad and I got together and got married. And um, there had been issues. I mean, we yeah. kind of had a crisis intervention. We tr- I tried... You know, um, I really put Chad in some sticky situations he did not want to be in um, because he wanted to be there for you and love you. And he wasn't at his wit's end, and I was. And so, <clears throat> I, you know, we tried a few things. Um, but for me... Just hold on. Just to elaborate, because, like, <clears throat> parents... Like, maybe if, like, a parent or anyone that knows someone that's going through, you know, what you and I went through together with this whole thing, like, you, I want you to elaborate on, like, those things that we tried. Like, so, <clears throat> Haley was, so can I tell just a couple stories? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Haley was um, a bit like I was when I was growing up. Um, I was a little sneaky. I pushed the boundaries. I tested my parents on everything. And Haley was that child for me. And um, I remember I'm sitting at a basketball game and Haley is still going to Norman High, I believe. Norman North. Or Norman North. And... she's going to dinner on a Friday night. No, maybe you were at Southmore now. On a Friday night, Haley says, I'm going to dinner with my best friend and her parents. We're going to this fancy steakhouse. 
<clears throat> do you know this story? Yeah. Oh and God. I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting at the basketball game and I get a picture on my phone from Haley. And it's a picture of this steak, this beautiful meal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they went all out. Good for you. <clears throat> I am so sorry. Um, and so within the hour of receiving this beautiful steak picture, I get a phone call from one of my daycare parents and I don't answer because it's after hours and it's a Friday night. And she texts me and said, it's an emergency. Please call me. So I step out of the basketball game and she says her husband is a police officer. She says, Rochelle, Haley has been pulled over by my husband and there was another person driving her car. And so they were going like 20 or 30 miles over the speed limit, chasing another car, just having fun. But she's out and about and clearly not in Oklahoma City having a fancy steak dinner with her best friend and her parents. I mean, this was the kind of stuff Haley did. Like, Letting someone else drive her car and just out on the town, you know, when she said she was going to be somewhere else. That was typical Haley. And so those were the kind of shenanigans, like, I think all the parents, you know, maybe your kid didn't do that, but, you know, kids do stuff. And so I could handle that. I reprimanded you. I think I grounded you. I was so embarrassed and mad at you. But you weren't drinking. You weren't high at the time. I mean, you were just yeah. being a kid. So I could handle that. Um, When you started smoking, the mood swings started happening. So that was my first, you know, indication, hey, something's going on. And then the lying got just worse and worse because you never wanted me to know. <clears throat> so then those things all just led to bigger things. But when Haley was a senior in high school, um, I got a phone call from... Now, mind you, I was the kind of parent that my house, my rules. And I... I didn't have a lot of rules, but the rules I had, I meant. They, we don't break them. And um, I don't believe Haley ever snuck out of my house. I don't think Ashley did. I, I, was a, I was a cool mom, but we were cool in boundaries. Yeah. And I got a phone call. And mind you, I'm driving, at this point, Haley's grounded, and I'm driving her to school and dropping her off at school every day. <laughs> Renee is picking <laughs> Haley up at school every day. And I get a call from this mom, and she's like, yeah, for the last six weeks, or I don't even know how long it had been, Haley. It had been, it was from October and all the way two days before my graduation. No, but I found out. Six Two. weeks before graduation. Because then... Okay, yeah. So, this mom calls and So, it's like, basically, like, more than half of the school year, almost. Yes. And she said, Haley's been coming to my house every day doing school. And I'm like, 
what? She's like, yes, after you drop her off at school, she walks through the building to the back, out the back door and walks to my house. And I was like, what? Y'all, because for my senior year, I was 18. So I signed the papers to do online school because I didn't have to have my mom sign it for me. So that is the biggest bunch of BS hogamawash I've ever heard. <laughs> and it is. And looking back on it, I'm like, God, I was so stupid. Like, and, and the thing is, is I got by with it though. Like I you played did. this thing. And so <laughs> Haley, I pick pick her up from school that day and I am fit to be tied. I've called her dad, her stepmom. I've called my parents. I've called Chad, get into town. We're having an intervention. And all it did was make Haley angrier. But in my defense, I was trying to save my child. And I knew that graduating was important. And I knew if it wasn't important now, it would be one day. And yeah. then you would hate yourself. We've made it this far. Like, dear Lord, can we please just graduate high school and get a diploma? And so then she had to go to work with me every single day because I wasn't about to leave her butt at home with a car and everything else. I was so mad at her. And um, I remember the day of her graduation, one, there was a tornado that came through. We're at the Coliseum in Oklahoma City. And they get um, like through the G's and about to start on the H's. And I remember sitting there. And I'm holding Chad's hand and I'm crying. And he's like, this is like a great day. Why are you crying? And I'm like, please just call her name. Please just call her name. Like, let it be for real that she's graduating. And when they did, man, I lost my mind because I thought, okay, we've won a battle. Like, I won something. Like, she did graduate. And I mean, thankfully, the whole time she had not been going to school, was actually doing schoolwork and actually made better grades online than she did in person. So <laughs> woohoo for that. I mean, um, that was a win. But um, she, Haley kept me praying. It, I, I had to give you to God every single day and sometimes 25 and 35 times a day because you were just out of my hands. I I did not have control. I was very rebellious. I mean, like she said, we did, we, you grounded, you took phone away, you took car away. I we had a spanker. Yeah, she was we had. And she looked at me and said, <laughs> do it. <laughs> we had interventions. We, you know, screamed at each other and, you know, and I all was these that things. Mom that like, I did. I took Haley's phone away her yeah. whole night. Not grade. just for like, there's kids out here that like don't have their phone for a week. Y'all, there were times I didn't have my phone for like three semesters of school. <laughs> like I got good at knowing where my phone was hidden. It was in her, you know, panty drawer. So I would go and sneak the phone. Like yeah, I, I did just... stupid stuff. Just, you know, I would give my friends my lunch money so I could use their phone for two hours of the school day like I just did oh my gosh I just did stupid stuff oh, you did. and it was constant but so yeah like stayed in trouble really 
went round and round all throughout middle school and high school, really, just over stupid stuff, just me being rebellious. Um, and then the pill thing. So, so after you graduated high school, um, Haley has always, since she was turning 16, well, I'm 16. Well, I'm 18. Well, then my God, she was 21 and could do what she wanted. And, um, I got so sick of hearing that and, my comeback to her was always, yes, well, I'm 30-something, and I have a boss, and I have taxes, and I have bills, and I have someone over me, so, you know, you can run from me trying to parent you, but if it's not me bossing you, there you always have a boss in life. There are always rules in life, and my rules at home were to prepare her and Ashley for the rules of life yeah. and the rules of having a job of all the things. And so I, I tried my absolute best to really do that. But after she graduated high school, she moved out. Mm-hmm. And I think I cried for a straight week. I, I knew at that point, whatever she would open herself up to would rule. I just didn't know what that something would be. And I am, even though Haley has been through all the things, I'm still very ignorant to drugs and how it all works and how you get it and where you get it. I never have questioned Haley on the specifics of things like that. Those weren't the things that mattered. Um, But when she moved out, that became a great concern. God woke me up many a nights to pray. And I remember I would call my mom at two in the morning and I'm like bawling. And she's like, what happened? And I said, I don't know if anything's happened, but God won't let, I I can't get her off my mind. We've got to pray for her. And that happened so many times. So I don't know what was happening. I don't, I never ask. I just knew that I was obedient to always intercede and pray. And I believed that whatever would have happened, could have happened, was prevented because I was standing in the gap and praying and um, rebuking devils and spirits. And so then when she decided she didn't want to live there anymore, she moved back home. And when she came back home, she she wasn't the same Haley. And I, I don't know if that's when that had started. But she fought. She was angry. <clears throat> she was very difficult to get along with at that time. And she didn't live at home very long. And then she moved into a condo with Lauren and Hannah. Was that it? Mm -hmm. I thought that was the first house she lived in. No, the first house was in Edmond with the group of girls. Me and Lauren still live together. Okay, now y'all, we can't go into that, but... (laughs) Yeah, it was... 
I moved home after that, and then I moved back out with Lauren and Hannah. So when she moved in with uh, Lauren and Hannah, she moved into this really um, old home, and it was it was a really cool old house mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, we couldn't even get your box springs yeah. up the stairwell because it was so narrow yeah. that it wouldn't turn the corner. So all the girls slept on just their mattress. Me and Hannah did, yeah. <clears throat> and I remember when we moved her in that day, I put prayer cloths all under her mattress and anointed them with oil. And at that house, um, things got bad when I lived there. Yes. We all three got bad together. You three fed each other. Mm-hmm. And it just was, it went downhill rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And Haley was the, um, and I don't, I, I hate to say with addiction because I only know you. Yeah. With Haley, she blamed me for everything. She blamed me for being on drugs. She blamed me for her house situation always being bad with all the girls that she lived in. She blamed me if she had car problems. She blamed me... Um, if she lost a job, she blamed me because a job wasn't going the way she wanted it to go or a new job that she thought she would love. And then she didn't love it. And everything in her life was my fault. And that was extremely exhausting and very tiresome. And I remember when she moved back home, I'm not going to lie, it she already took up so much of my energy not living at home. The worry and the stress and the praying. When she moved back home, it it was even more of a burden. And I hate to say burden, but I carried you so heavily. Yeah. And she was very hard to get along with. You wanted a fight. And there were a couple of times I I divulged you and yeah. gave you a fight. Um, and I didn't fight her because I was mad. Because every day, and I had taped on my mirror, we don't fight flesh and blood. And it actually said, I don't fight Haley. I am fighting the devil who's fighting for her. And that was a reminder because Haley was just so hard to get along with. And she just picked a fight with me. Or she would pick it with Ashley. Because then with picking it with Ashley, then if I defended Ashley, then the whole world was against Haley. And that that led to my home for a while being a real circus. I just, and then she would leave for a few days. And then the stress of where is she? What happened? Why isn't she answering her phone? And she would let it die. And then I couldn't track her. I couldn't find her. And that was very stressful. And um, 
right before her 18th birthday. Um, she came home and was out of her mind. And, um, no, that was no it 20th. was her 21st birthday. Not my 21st, my 20th. My 21st wasn't my 21st. It was her 21st. It was because we went out that weekend with your dad and oh, okay. uncle and all them. It was almost her 21st birthday. And, um, I had met up with <clears throat> a counselor in our church who did, um, she did a lot of, um, oh, what's it called? Um, just, uh, she did spiritual counseling. And so I went to her and I said, I need prayers to pray every day for Haley's deliverance. Like something has to break. I'm going crazy here. And, um, she had dealt with a son who had addiction and, she knew all the things not to do because she did everything wrong, she said. So um, she gave me prayers and I literally had them on my phone. I would pull them up and I would walk around my house and I my mom would come over. And for 10 and 12 hours some days, we just walked around our house and prayed these prayers over and over and over speaking to demonic spirits that that they would go back to where they came from, that God's light would illuminate all darkness, that his truth would be made known in her mind. And we began to speak to the root of Haley's issues. The drugs were just an aftermath. They weren't the root of, of yeah. it. And she came home one day and wanted, she came looking for a fight. She hadn't been home for a few days and she came home looking for it. And I was tired and I was mad. And um, if you know me, I'm not a fighter. I'm not great with my words. I cry. I, uh, I just, I'm not... Haley was always just so much better, and so she just kind of run-ruled me. But I had been praying and fasting, and there was a boldness that hit me. And I told her, if you're going to live that way, you cannot live in my house. Well, then, you're kicking me out. You're, And I said, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I want you to leave right now. She didn't have shoes on. She didn't have socks on. Didn't have a bra on. T-shirt. <laughs> it was cold outside. It was like the first of April or middle of April because it was right before her birthday. And um, she is screaming and punching the walls. And so, fine, she's moving out. I've kicked her out. And she goes off walking down the street. And I broke in my living room. I don't think I've ever cried so hard. And I remember calling um, my friend who had been counseling me and I said, I just did this. And she said, Rochelle, tough love is tough, but you're tougher. You can do this. And I went and read that scripture. I am not fighting Haley. I am fighting the devil who wants Haley. And um, I just began to pray. Well, so happened a man that went to our church was driving down Robinson Street and saw her 
and snatched her up and wanted to know what was happening and talked to her. And she didn't come home. She stayed gone until after her 21st birthday. She was still pretty mad at the family dinner we had for her. But I let her know, I love you. But And she said, I love you too, Mom. And I said, I know you do. But in my home, it's my rules. And no matter how old you are, you're going to honor that. And she said, I know. I know. And so that was kind of... And Haley was living at home, but really never was there. But Chad and I, um, we had been talking and we we weren't super. There were just some things happening outside of Haley. And I never even went into detail with Chad what was going on with Haley because he was working out of state and Things were happening and moving so quickly in his business that I just, she's my child. She, I'll worry about her. And I didn't want to burden him with that because he would have to have carried me too. Even though he knew, I just spared him all the details. But he came home uh, one, the first one week in June and he was like, had this idea, hey, what do you think we sh- we should move to Kentucky? And I said, let's go. He said, well, let's pray about it, make sure that's what God wants us to do. And I said, well, if it's a thought in your mind, then God's already spoke, let's move. So we went on a fast and we began to pray. And he came home in July and I had half the house packed up. And he laughed and said, what are you doing? I said, we're moving. We're getting out of here and the girls are going. And he said, well, have you talked to him? And I said, nope, they don't have a clue. And um, so I, one Saturday, I took both of the girls to IHOP and said, we're moving. And you can either come with me or you can stay here. But if you stay here, everything's on you financially. But this is what I'm doing. You're welcome to come or not. And Haley was Ashley laughed and said, yes, I'm going. And Haley said, not a chance. You couldn't pay me enough money. Boy, she was mad. Oh, she yelled and screamed at me for two weeks. And we had to be out of our house the end of July. And the movers were there. And Haley was still screaming and yelling. Her car was packed up high. She was mad. And by the next week, she had her card loaded up with all of her stuff, and she was moving with me. And I knew, and Chad knew, that the it wasn't the only hope, but it was the only hope within my control. Yeah. Was to get you out of that state. And that's what we did. So how did you, like, obviously you just kind of shared my side of things but like how did you handle it like emotionally internally like you said you didn't talk to Chad about it so was there a point that like you spiraled and you know you felt like you were going crazy like what did how did you go Um, through that there were many days I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown or crumble. Um, and I did. I. There were days I didn't handle it well. I mean, there were days that I 
tried to punch you and throw you up against the counter. And those, you know, I can say you wanted a fight. I gave it to you. That was me at my wits end screaming. Can you please get it together? Because you're causing me a daily nervous breakdown. Um, yes, there were, there were weeks it's not every week, but there were weeks that um, there was no sleep at all. And so out of exhaustion, worry, stress, and, you know, my counselor, her name was Kitty. I don't know if she cares if I say her name, but I think she's the most amazing person. Kitty would say, you know, you're not good to Haley if you are tired and exhausted. You've got God's peace. You've given her to God. Now rest. And that was a lesson I didn't learn very well. Because rest did not come easy to me. If I didn't hear from you. If your phone ever went off and I couldn't track you. If I didn't know where you were or People were calling saying, well, her Snapchat, she's doing this. And I would call them. Haley's story was the absolute opposite. I I did. I felt like I was, there were days, I mean, you do feel like you're going crazy. And so then I would have to pray over my own mind and remind myself of what God said about me. And, you know, I always... When Haley and I would fight, there were words that would come out that, you know, now I regret. And I, I want to forget, but I don't think you ever do. But I remember one time telling her, you know, I, you're not living for God and you're not going to go to heaven. And she's yelling and I'm yelling. And I, I remember saying, you know, I won't go to hell for you. But I had to remind myself every day of that because I wasn't. I didn't want to be a part of the rat race that you put me through. And and two, I, that I allowed you to yeah. because I tried to, I mean, I stood my foot, stood my ground. I said, you know, and then you wouldn't come home, but you, I allowed you to bring chaos in my home until I decided enough is enough. And then I kicked you out and then I didn't allow you to come back home. And that was so hard to tell my own child who I loved and would do anything for. No more. My peace and sanity is as important. And so that... It took me a long time to get there, and I wish it wouldn't have. But I wasn't the type that I never would have put on Facebook, oh, my kid is this or my kid is that. I didn't talk to very few people were in my that I would actually say, this is how she's doing. Because not to keep it a secret, but because I really believed God was going to deliver you, and he did. And I didn't want everyone to view you as that. Now, folks, I have to tell a couple funny stories here. I demanded, even when Haley did not live in my house, her butt better be in church on Sunday. 
there was not an option. I could take back the car she drove because it was mine. I didn't have to pay insurance. The car was mine. And I could easily call and turn her cell phone off because I paid for it. And I don't have to send you any money on Cash App because if you starve to death, that's on you. Your butt better be at church on Sunday, and if it's not, your phone's getting turned off. <clears throat> now, true. Uh, I expected it. There were times Haley came to church that I wish maybe she would have stayed at home. <laughs> <laughs> Old girl was a hot mess on Sunday morning, boy. <laughs> Woo-wee! And everybody knew it. And you couldn't hide it. And uh, I was so embarrassed. Oh, my Lord. I wanted to die. But I had really good friends around me, and they would help me make jokes about it and to keep it light for me because, boy, it got under my skin. And um, I am a little bit like my mom. Boy, I could nag Haley to the best of them, and uh, I sure did. And uh, her coming to church a few times, she didn't know what was going on in church because she was still living high from Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) But thankfully, we had a very large church, and she would march herself straight up the middle to the second row and throw herself around and oh my lord have mercy she was a hoot um but uh she did that a few times i remember uh one time kim pothier came to preach at a ladies thing we had jesus and Haley was wearing <laughs> oh my god Haley was wearing her kylie wig oh my at this god time. oh jesus <laughs> She's still wearing her party clothes from the night before. She showed up to Sunday night church and walked straight up there. She threw her arm up and gave it a snap and let the whole church know she had arrived to the front row with her red Kylie wig on. Oh, my Lord. So many funny things. But um, she never left church the same way. She, it sobered her up very quickly. And... Um, Haley was never the type to come in and just start worshiping and, you know, dancing before God. There was always a reverence that I appreciated because a lot of people come in and they try to hide. And Haley never, well, she wasn't fooling me and sure wasn't fooling God and nobody else. So I was thankful she didn't play that part. Um, But one of the times I was going to say earlier... (laughs) I had um I had been fasting. My mom and I had actually and we we had went, I don't know, 4 or 5 days no food, no nothing. And uh Chad came home that weekend and so I told my mom I'm going to break my fast. Chad's coming home and then, you know, I'll start fasting again on Monday. Well, come to find out Haley decides to come home that weekend too. And our house, when you pulled into our neighborhood, you pulled in and it kind of came to a T and you had to go right or left. And we were the house, the first house house on the left. 
And uh, had, they had speed humps and stuff there. And Haley had parked on the curb. And Chad and I go out to go get breakfast that morning. And Chad comes in and says, Rochelle, get Haley's keys. And I said, why? And he said, just get them. And I'm like, oh, dear God, why? And we walk out. <laughs> hey, Haley came home sometime in the middle of the night and turned and just parked her car in the middle of the road. <laughs> Literally, her car is sitting in the middle of the road. Oh, my God. I was just like, oh, Haley, what are you doing? I and was so, so Jesus, I was so a train wreck. I go in her room, and um, I'm, like, searching for her keys, and I cannot find them. And so I'm, like, waking her up. I'm like, Haley, Haley, where's your keys? Where's your keys? And she's like, what? I'm like, I need your keys. And she's like, why? And I said, because you're parked in the middle of the road. No, I'm not. So she gets up, gets clothes on, walks out there and said, who moved my car? (laughs) As if someone came and moved her car to the middle of the road. Oh my god. Me and Chad were dying. I mean, at that point, I had to laugh because it was like, really? I mean, what are you on? Like, oh, Lord, help us, God. And so, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, that there, I, there are endless stories like yeah. that. I mean, again, it was always someone else's fault. I mean, right, right. she wasn't so high or whatever that she would have parked right smack in the middle of the road. Oh, so many stories like that. <laughs> and and again, like, it's funny now. Not every story is funny. There are some stories that you and I have talked about in private that are, yes. you know, still heartbreaking for you Very. and for me. Like, but there are some stories like that. Like, I'm just like, wow. Like, I, what the frick is wrong with me? But, like, <clears throat> so fast forward a little bit. Um, um, We, we only have a few more minutes okay, before. Sorry. No, it's I love this. Um, so fast forward a little bit. So, yes, we moved to Kentucky. And then we moved in August. So we moved here, yes, the 1st of August. Yes, in 2017 or 18? I think Uh, it was 18. I don't know. Yeah, 18. Um, Because I've been here five years now. So August of 2018 and then in October of 18, I moved back home. Yes, so she didn't tell me she was moving back home. Actually... Lauren and Kyle had came for the weekend to Louisville, and they had come to tell us that they were pregnant with Sutton. Yeah. And the weekend they were there, Haley gets up, and her car was packed, and I was like, where are you going? And she said, I'm just going for the weekend. I start my new job on Tuesday, and I just want to go home for a few days, and then I'll be back because I'm going to start my job. 
And the way her car was, the trunk was dragging the ground, I said, she's not going for a couple days. So I went down there and she had packed up her entire car. And so I knew she wasn't coming back. I didn't want to be talked out of it. And I just, when I first moved here, I just honestly was miserable. Like... And I don't know, did, it you, just, did you take anything after we moved here? No. I mean, I went to the store a couple times and bought a f- couple pack of cigarettes, but I didn't, like, smoke weed. I didn't take pills. Like, I was sober. I just missed my friends. I missed... And I don't think she really knew how to start a new life without... Yeah. Without chaos and without yes. drama, like... That was my life. I was so yes. used to chaos and drama. Rather it be drama with you or just drama in my friend group in general. Like, I just thrived on drama. Yes. And so, I moved back home um, about mid of October. And then November comes around. So, about a month later, my mom comes into town to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving. And I knew she was coming into town. So I went to my Grammy's house. That's not where I had been staying. I'd been staying at a friend's house. And I came home to my Grammy's because my mom was there. It was a couple of days before Thanksgiving. And... Two nights before Thanksgiving, I had not been able to fall asleep that entire night. I was awake. let's back up. So, I got into town and went straight to my mom's. And Haley's calling me. And I said, just come to Grammy's. And um, she finally admitted that she couldn't. Her car was out of gas. And she had been parked at the back of a Walmart parking lot and staying in her car. I don't know how long, whether it was just for a night or just for a few hours. I really don't know. I don't remember. And so got her to my mom's house and she was so out of it, stoned, high, coming off of it. Exhausted. Yes. She was a, I had never seen her at that lowest point. Um, yeah, because when I came to Kentucky and I had gotten sober for that month or so, when I went back, I, like, went on a binge. Like, I mean, I was taking five Xanax in the morning and five Xanax at night, smoking weed all day you know, drinking cough syrup, just doing ridiculous stuff that I just, you know, I was like on a whole binge. Like I probably didn't eat besides like maybe like a bag of chips a day, like a small snack size. Like I just, I I don't even know. Like it was just wake up drive so- someone around so that I can get free drugs all day and, you know, rinse and repeat for about 30 days until you came back to Oklahoma. 
So, yeah, I went home. Exhausted, tired. I could not go to sleep that night. I stayed up that whole night watching watching movies, playing on my phone. So then the next morning rolls around and it's the day before Thanksgiving. And I'm sitting in the kitchen with my Grammy and my mom. And they're having me write down on a piece of paper things that we're needing to get from Walmart for our Thanksgiving meal. And I had like made a joke to you and I was like, oh my gosh, I guess it's been a long time since I've wrote like with a pen and paper because I can't even write in a straight line. Like my words were like going diagonal. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm just out of practice of writing. Didn't think about it. So anyways, we get in the car and I think Grammy was driving. Mm -hmm. My Grammy was driving. You were in the passenger seat and I was in the back seat. And at some point there was this um, kind of article that was surfacing that I had just been reading into and I gotten like deep into. And I remember I was telling you all about it. And I had leaned up from the back seat in between you and Grammy to read this part to you guys. And right then, this is like the last thing I remember, and then I'll let you kind of take over. But from my perspective, the last thing I remember was leaning up, reading this article to you all. And I could see the words, like I knew what it said, but my mind just basically what I felt like stopped working. And I remember literally starting to have a panic attack and saying, I can't read. I can't read what's going on. I see it, but my mind and in the middle of like freaking out saying that I don't remember anything. Besides then waking up at Norman regional and and on the west side of Norman. So I guess your side of that is what? So actually, I'm- hold on. We are nearing the end of this hour. So we're going to make this a part two. So I will see you all in the next episode.